Good afternoon, it's 3 Deeper Cuts, and welcome to another episode of Writing and Building in Public. On today's episode, we're going to go over a, a little thread piece that I worked on last week, and in the spirit of writing and building in public, I'm going to read it out loud to you as I edit it with a red pen. I drafted this on the old Olivetti Latera, and as I've talked about before, on this series, I find it very helpful to write something out without any internet connection and then put it in the bin, sleep on it for one to two weeks, uh, and then come back and edit it. Uh, So here we go. Uh, This is from last week. So it's June in Lincoln, Nebraska. The birds are out, robins, cardinals, and the beautiful meadowlark with its melodious song. You just finished your shift at the local hospital as an administrative clerk. The short drive home. You smile in gentle anticipation of an evening jog, and as you pull into the driveway, you check the mail, shuffling letters. Then you stop. Your heart stops. You gasp for air, Running into your house, you plow through the door and scream, I'm in! Medical school! The letter! It's a day among many milestones that every physician remembers as long as they are alive and practicing. The day they got into medical school. In the idealistic stupor of acceptance to your institution of choice, you are blind. Though you are rightly excited, Relieved and grateful for your years of hard work, you have absolutely no idea what you're in for. Over the next 10 years, painful truths will be exposed about your beloved profession, and you will be forced to confront your choice of becoming a physician. Hi, I'm Chuck from Three Deeper Cuts, and I wish to share with you How to Survive Medicine, a manifesto. In this piece, I will cover three areas in the Three Deeper Cuts Survival Package. Number one, home equipment. Number two, chunking down goals. And number three, living close. I write to you as an antidote to the concept of burnout, which is frequently a topic at physician professional events. When I started my journey in medical school, followed by naval service, residency, and now in private practice, I uncovered one fundamental truth about myself. I realized that I am a physical person and I require regular, intense bouts of exercise in order to function like a normal human being. The trouble with choosing the path of a healer, ironically, is that the training pipeline is designed to make you physically and mentally unhealthy. You will not have much money to live on for about 10 years. You will frequently be tired. You will frequently face stress and social isolation. And worse, unless you are extremely creative, you will not find much time for physical exercise. All right, so now we get into it. Um, I switched up the order. So so, uh, number one will be living close, not number three. Number one, living close. You will not have much control over 
you will not have much control over your schedule during the training years. However, your choice of apartment is under your control. Find a place that is walking distance from both your hospital and the gym. If you can't find something within walking distance, then focus on finding living quarters within two miles of the hospital and the gym. During your medical school exam weeks and during your busy call weeks of residency, every minute counts. In school, you are spending six hours a day in mandatory lectures. In residency, you spend 10 plus hours a day either rounding on the wards or sitting in a cramped resident room hammering out progress notes and discharge summaries in a squeaky chair with poor ergonomics. In my case, I was a pathology resident, resident, which meant 10 to 12 hours per day of sitting at a microscope or standing up grossing in the histology laboratory. The lifestyle is unhealthy by any standard. If you have even 45 minutes to an hour of downtime per day, then you do not want to waste that time commuting. There were some folks out there who were dead set on owning a home in the suburbs during those early years. You might be one of those people. But if you're reading this, you're probably not. You're probably a knuckle-dragger like me, and you are looking for ways to be a healthy doctor. So I'd probably take out knuckle-drag. I don't think that adds anything to the... I'll just say, you're probably like me. And you're looking for ways to be a healthy doctor, to practice what you preach, rather than a fat, kyphotic, burned-out schlub. That sounds kind of negative. I might want to change the word choice of that sentence. I don't... Uh, I'll have to think that through. Next line. If you wish to survive medical school and residency, live close to work. Number two, home equipment. If you've read my prior writing on living room fitness, then skip this part of the piece. If not, read on. Your university may have a fitness center on campus. Great but it's unlikely to be open at the odd hours required to maintain a fitness habit through the training years. Most fitness centers are open from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Some hold more restrictive hours. Most are closed on Sundays or are closed on holidays. Most hold shorter hours such as 8 to 4 on Saturdays and Sundays. Oh, but what about 24-hour fitness? Sure, that's an eight-mile drive from work, plus the 15 minutes it takes to walk from the hospital wards, through the tunnel, through the parking garage ramp, past the assholes that take forever to exit the parking garage, and to the gym. Probably eliminate the profanity there, because I don't want to get canceled by the algorithm. Uh, by the time you drive out to 24-hour fitness at midnight, you've wasted nearly an hour of time that you could have spent either reading or sleeping or making sweet romance to your girlfriend. I'll probably leave that part out too. Um, eating or, how would I just say, spending time with your significant other. How's that? <clears throat> In parentheses, or, or I'll just, or I'll take this out of, the next line out of parentheses and say, I'll just capitalize that and say, all of these 
our required activities to recover from the stresses of work. Therefore, if you are a physical person, you must create a physical backup plan. You must create a small, portable, collapsible fitness center in your living room. Your living room fitness center is what you fall back on during your surgery rotations or on holidays and weekends. It's what you use during those insane cram weeks of the first two years of book work. Surprisingly, you do not need much space in which to get a decent workout. A simple 10 by 12 foot living room big enough for a mat, a flat bench, and a set of power blocks. Kettlebells and some decent resistant bands are a nice addition and can be purchased either from an old gym or on eBay on a student's budget. Where most of us fail, open print including myself, is that we do not set clear boundaries to our workout time. Most of us will just say, oh I need to work out in the morning and then hope for it to happen. It may last for a couple days, maybe a week. Then it fades out when you get really busy. You wake up in the morning and the allure of scrolling Apple news on your iPhone is more attractive than lifting weights. The solution? A written plan. Studies from behavioral psychologists have consistently shown that when you have a specific plan, when we have a specific plan, we are more likely to adhere to it. So you've got your living room fitness center all set up. What time are you going to work out? From when to when? How many reps are you going to do? Which exercises are you going to do? When does your training session end? These key de details are what Bill Phillips refers to as, quote, crossing the abyss. For reference, check out his book, Body for Life. There's always a benefit to having a written training plan, even if things do not go according to the plan. In fact, I can guarantee you they will not go in go according to plan. But you know what? It doesn't matter. The more you write a workout plan and at least attempt to see it through to fruition, the more you will get addicted to the subtle dopamine hit of adhering to an agreement you made with yourself. The more you tailor this plan to your needs, the more you trust yourself and self-confidence will ensue. After months and years of doing this, it will become less about weight loss and more about the psychological benefits of this fitness process. Okay, that's the end of what I have so far on this piece. And it looks like I got through two out of the three points that I was trying to make. I left out part two, which was chunking down goals. And I think in that part, I'm going to just go in more detail about um, uh, so f physical fitness goals, breaking it up into 12-week uh, blocks of intensity, um, and then having a like a wall calendar where you we have re weekly like mini goals, um, and you could apply the same thing to like reading goals. So like you'll tell yourself that you want to read uh, a chapter a day or, um, or you want to take four pages worth of notes per week or you want to make a hundred 
Anki cards, um, flashcards for study per week, and, or you want to get through 500 Anki cards a week, something like that. Um, those goals will give you like little carrots to chase on a week-to-week basis and on a like on a quarterly basis. So, so that's the draft that I have on this piece. This is going to be on post on Twitter on my website 3 dpercutscom uh, or .dot net. Uh, uh, as well as on my Substack, uh, and I will eventually. This will eventually be like the script of a YouTube video where I, um, where I talk this out. So, uh, so this is the first iteration of doing a podcast version of writing and building in public. Um, I kind of like it. It feels very natural because uh, part of the editing process that I've learned is is just to read your pieces out loud. So I'll do this with some of the fiction pieces I'm working on like a graphic novel and satire about the laboratory industry. Anyways, uh, so that's what we have so far. That was uh, a manifesto, How to Survive Medicine, soon to be published. And I welcome your comments and criticisms uh, below. Feel free to check out my, uh, my Twitter feed, 3 Deeper Cuts, my YouTube channel, uh, 3 Deeper Cuts, and my website. Uh, until next time, be well, be healthy. Peace.